Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Of course, I'm joined inside the studio by the illustrious, the avant-garde breakfast eater that you know you love. It's Miss Hannah Five Names. She's it's six oh six. She's already shaking her head towards me. That means it's going to be a good show. We got four guests lined up today. We got our buddy Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He made his uh, weekly debut last week as he joins us for some great sports betting advice. He runs Paramount Sports, which is a sports betting site. Lee will help us look ahead at the college football weekend. That'll be at 7.30 at 8 o'clock. Today we'll have Les East from CrescentCitySports.com. Saints open up the season against those hated dirty birds in Atlanta on Sunday. We'll get a preview of the game. At 8.15, Ethan Lee from the Louisiana Custom Knife Association. They're having a show this Saturday right here in Lafayette. We'll talk to him about that. And then at 8.30 today, it'll be time for some giddy up with Gary Golf. That's right. The McNeese head football coach will join us, recap the team's season opener, and then look ahead to their game against Rice on Saturday. So those are our guests lined up for you today. A little bit heavy on the back end of the show. You want to get those phone calls in? Hey, first few hours is the time to do so. Hotline's open, as always, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. For all of you that are new to the show, I mean, I know many of you already have the number saved because you love calling us. But for those who may not remember the number, there it is. We'll get to plenty of discussion today. We're going to break down the LSU men's basketball team's schedule. Let me go ahead and give you a preview of what that discussion is going to be like later on today's show. Woof. Hey, come see our new head coach. Hey, recruits, come play here. We're going to take on Winthrop. And that's one of the best non-conference games they have on the slate. For those in the back, woof. I'll break that down later on on today's show. It was, I saw the schedule. I was like, really? Really? 
this is what you're trotting out there? Not optimal. We'll also hear from the New Orleans Saints, Jameis Winston and company as they gear up for their season opener. Lots of buzz about the Hoodats. Are they ready for it? Are they prepared for it? Tonight, of course, is the season opener for the National Football League. We'll look ahead to that as well. But we're going to start off today's show before doing the deep dive into the NFL and to college. Houston Astros. They got themselves a win last night. It wasn't the prettiest game by any stretch of the imagination. But they win it in extra innings. Their offensive woes of not being able to drive in runners was evident yet again for most of the game. And then Kyle Tucker said, I got this. And tied up the game with one swing of the bat. And what was crazy about that is that if you were listening to the broadcast here on the game, as I was, that Jeff Bagwell, the Astro legend, hanging out with Robert Ford on the call. And when Tucker came to bat, they're like, well, you know, Tucker's done this, and, you know, Robert Ford goes through the things. And Bagwell's like, you know what would be great? If he could hit a home run right over there. And you know what Tucker did? He hit a home run about 10 feet lower than where Bagwell said it would be great if he hit one. Got to love baseball. Sometimes that's just how it works. But they battle back against, look, a a Rangers team. The the problem with Texas this year, who, by the way, has been eliminated from postseason play, they were a few days ago, has not been the hitting. I want to say they have a top five offense in Major League Baseball when it comes to run scoring. So Texas, who spent all that money to bring in Corey Seager, they can hit. The problem is Texas has no pitching. None. Not good. So they can rake. But surprisingly in this series, neither team could really get things going offensively. They just couldn't. Bit of a doldrums, if you will, when it comes to the offense. And the Shros have been dealing with that for a little while. As soon as Bregman started heating up, Alvarez is dealing with wrist injuries. And his production started to decline throughout the season, ever since around June. But they win it in extras. Altuve... Scores the winning run on a wild pitch with two outs in the 10th inning. Bottom of the 10th, two outs. And the Shroves find a way. A total of nine hits in this ballgame. That's it. For two of the top five most prolific offenses in the American League, they only combine to score seven runs on nine hits. It all goes down there after Gurriel singles the center in the fourth to make it 3-1 because the Rangers had raced out. Lowe had the big home run in the first inning. Then Simeon had a single that scored a run. 
And Calhoun's uh, single to score a run in third. They built up a 3-0 lead. The Rangers did. Yuli gets a run back in the fourth. Then Tucker hits that home run that I was telling you about that Jeff Bagwell essentially called on the radio broadcast. That ties it up 3-3. And then Hernandez throws a wild pitch, and Altuve is able to score. Kind of bananas. But seems somewhat fitting for a series between these two teams where runs were at a premium for whatever reason. Neither team could get things really going. Because last night's game was 4-3. The game before that was 4-3. And then the first game of the series was one nothing. So, a grand to- the Astros in this three-game set against the Rangers have scored a grand total of eight runs. Eight. That's it. The Rangers, meanwhile, scored seven. That's how close the series was and how bad the hitting was in the series. Christian Javier started the game, got roughed up early, only lasted five and a third, three runs on four hits. But once again, only one of those was earned because of the defense. Another error by the Astros. You know what's not ideal? When, you, when you're one of the best teams in Major League Baseball? Five names already knows this. She's not answering. When you can't score runs and your defense starts committing errors, neither one of those two things is ideal. Just to point out. He did strike out eight, turn it over to the bullpen. They brought it home. Four different pitchers, including Naris, who got the win. They're pitching a clean inning in the 10th with a strikeout. Astros take the series. They improve, marching closer and closer to the 90-win threshold. 88-49 and 49 now, of course. They hold a commanding lead, a commanding lead in the American League West. Double-digit lead for Dusty Baker's team. And they'll get back to action tomorrow night. They'll have tonight off, I do believe. They're going to have tonight off, a rare game, a rare night of rest, I do believe. I'm going to double-check the schedule because sometimes I get lied to. Yes, they have tonight off Thursday. They'll begin a three-game set at home versus the Halos. That'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Lance McCullers Jr. will take the bump on Friday. Jose Arquiti on Saturday. And then Garcia will be the projected starting pitcher for Sunday. And then the rookie sensation, Brown, will take to the bump on Monday when they begin the road trip a short little road trip against the Detroit Tigers. Houston Astros winner, winner, chicken dinner. And let's look at the updated standings here. 
We know the Strohs are in complete command. They have the best record in the American League. They're 88-49. and 49. That's a six-game lead now over the New York Yankees, who are 83-54. and 54. Now, the Yankees do have a bit of a, cu- a cushion in the AL East, but it's only five games over the Rays. Blue Jays six and a half games back. The Central is going to remain to be competitive down the stretch. Cleveland leads that division with 70 wins, but only two games up on the Twins and two games up on the Chicago White Sox. Ironically, the White Sox, who were looking like they were in a tailspin, have turned things around ever since Tony La Russa stepped away from the team. Imagine that. It's amazing how that works. Astros, 11-game lead on the Mariners over in the National League. The Mets won yesterday, but their insurmountable lead in the National League East is now down to a half game. The Braves are breathing down their necks. Mets 87-51, Braves 86-51. Only a half game separates them now. Cardinals look like they have complete control of the National League Central. They've built up a nine and a half game lead over the Milwaukee Brewers. And the Dodgers 19 games over the San Diego Padres out in the West. Updated wild card standings. Once again, three teams will get into the wild card in each league this year. Tampa Bay leads that. Mariners are right behind them, though. Only by, it looks like, game and a half. But those are the two top teams battling it out for the two top wild card spots in the American League. Tampa Bay, Seattle. Toronto has firmly put itself there as a third team. But Baltimore Orioles are still trying to be in the mix, but they're four and a half games out. In the National League, Atlanta leads the wild card right now. They hold a 10 and a half game lead over anybody else for the top wild card spot. But once again, they're only a half game behind the Mets. Phillies are there as the second wild card team, and the Padres right now hold the third wild card spot, trying to fend off the Milwaukee Brewers, who are four games behind them. So, Major League Baseball Astros get the win, but then they get the night off. Reminder, Astro fans, listen up. The Astros are off today, but that doesn't mean that you can't score tickets to see them live in person. Time is running out. Tick, 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 tick. For you to score tickets to see the Astros live in person. Go register in the Game Rewards Club today to win four tickets to see the Strohs take on the Tampa Bay Rays Saturday, October 1st. That could be a possible ALCS matchup, by the way. We'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. This is the last, the final Astros weekend getaway of the regular season. Astro weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. But you can only win them by becoming a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today. It's simple. It's easy. It's free. Go visit 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We got to take a time out, put the baseball talk on the back burner. It's time to talk a little NFL. Season opener is tonight. Bills, Rams, we'll look at it, examine it for you. Coming up next, right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. 
Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the start of a new football season, which begins tonight. Bet just $5 on tonight's game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Thursday, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on Buffalo or Los Angeles to win. If your team leads by seven at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Even if your team loses, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on Thursday night football. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age or, or older to play. Physically present in Louisiana with select parishes only. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner is Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you have a gambling problem, call one 770 Stop. Let's look ahead to that Thursday night game because the NFL season has arrived. Did I squeeze in another fantasy football draft last night? I sure did. And let me tell you, for the RP3 and company league, we had 14 teams, which presents its own challenge because you have so many people in the draft in the league that by the time you get about midway through, you're kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel, right, with players. Well, the league that I've been in now for 19 years, it's been pared down over the years. It's just a core group of us. It's only eight. That bad boy was done in an hour and a half. Done. (laughs) No, not even an hour and a half. I think our draft, the RP3 and Company League draft, took an hour and a half. My draft last night took approximately 39 minutes. Just going through it like a madman. And I hate both of my teams, if you were wondering. So squeeze that another one in. NFL is now here. Fantasy Football League drafts are done for everyone. And now we can gear up for the actual home, the actual season opener between the Rams and the Bills. A lot of folks think that could be a Super Bowl matchup. I like Buffalo more than I do the Rams. The Rams are the defending champs, but Von Miller has left town to go to Buffalo. Odell Beckham Jr. is not on the team, recovering from injury. Big Wit, Andrew Whitworth, retired. So the Rams have some turnover there, some significant turnover with guys in particular, Witt came back for another year to help him win a Super Bowl. Von Miller was a guy they brought in. Odell Beckham Jr. was a guy that brought in. They caught fire during the postseason and made their run where Stafford was really good in the postseason after having, let's be honest, an average season where he led the league in interceptions. 
Is there going to be a bit of a Super Bowl hangover? There was talks this season about Sean McVay possibly retiring despite being younger than me. So it, Los Angeles interests me. The NFC's down, and I think the Rams are going to be a playoff team. I don't quite know yet if they're going to win the division. I think San Francisco may have something to say about that out in the West. But this is still a marquee matchup because you got who I believe is going to ascend by the end of the season to be the best quarterback in the NFL in Josh Allen. And the Bills have a ton of talent. They're stacked. And they were aggressive with the draft and free agency this year, too. They feel like they have a window here to make a run. They feel like they should have went to the Super Bowl last year. That crazy game with Kansas City. So, this feels like a great season opener. NFL by itself, all by its lonesome, can go out there and just dominate the headlines. You'll be able to listen to the game live right here on the game as we are your home for the NFL. But who's this game bigger for? I feel like it's bigger for the Bills to make a statement because they feel like they should have got to the Super Bowl last year and they probably felt like they could have defeated the Rams in the in said Super Bowl. It's the national stage. Like I told you before, the Rams have some of the guys missing that were key contributors on last year's team. Will there actually be enough fans in attendance for the Rams game? Yeah, these are things. I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they did win the Super Bowl. You would expect the bandwagon trendy fans out in L.A. to actually show up for games. But you never do know. You never do know. It's just a different mentality, right? Just a different mentality. That leads us to our poll question of the day. Who do you like in tonight's game? Do you like the Buffalo Bills who feel like they are building and ascending as one of the best teams in the National Football League? A lot of bets, preseason bets, have them winning the whole thing. A trendy pick to not only represent the AFC, but to win the Lombardi Trophy. Do you like the Bills or do you like the defending champs? Who do you like in tonight's game? That's our poll question of the day. Is it Buffalo? Is it L.A.? And let's get to some of the early results here on our poll question of the day. Right now, 76% of you say you like Buffalo. 24% likes Los Angeles. Dare, number one Raging Cajun fan of RP3 and company, says, I don't care who wins. I took the under. I hope it's a good game. Just keep it under 50. My man's got his bets already in line. I respect it, Darren. John Paul Cajun Daddy says the Rams suck. I hate the Rams. They should be thrown down into a burning pit of manure. They're a bunch of cheaters, cheating bums, and should be treated as such along with Roger Goodell. Well, John Paul, I'm glad we got that off your chest. <laughs> it's a little, a little early in the morning to be so angry, my man. <laughs> Todd says, tell us how you really feel. It's just like, whoa. Ooh, I was not expecting John Paul to be so fiery this morning. Ton says, I'm picking Buffalo. I think Allen is going to go off. I also think Stafford was a one-hit wonder. Yeah, look, Stafford had a mediocre season. He Remember, 
Don't forget, he led the league in interceptions. Despite having all those talented guys on the roster, he led the league in interceptions, but when he got to the postseason, he turned on a switch and pulled his best Eli Manning impression and played really good football, his best football of the season for a few games. He had the surgery offseason. Yeah. Would you be surprised if Stafford led the league in interceptions again? I wouldn't. That's our poll question of the day. Who do you got in tonight's NFL opener, Buffalo or Los Angeles? Go vote. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. If you need a vent about the Rams, like John Paul Cajun Daddy did, that's what we're here for. You can also give us a call and share your thoughts that way. The game hotline is open, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. we got to take a timeout. But when we return here on RP3 and Company, we're going to talk Saints, Falcons, hear from some of the Saints players, including famous Jameis. That's next right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. RP3 came to the station this morning to do only two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. It's like we're almost out of beer. Well, it's kind of early for the latter, isn't it? Maybe. Probably. Maybe just a root beer or some flavored water. Back to more kick-ass sports talk with RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Football season is here and the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. You know what we want to do? We want to crown you the tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. That's right. We want to crown you. When we put the crown, it's heavy on the head, but when we want to put it on you. You can score $500 to chop specialty meats, a new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and UL Raging Cajun football games, and so much more. What? You ready to be the tailgating king or queen? Doesn't matter. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. Oh, man, we got some great stuff going on. Great stuff for you to win. Speaking of winning, it's exactly what the New Orleans Saints would like to do to open up the season. Go to Atlanta and crush the faces of the Dirty Birds. Will they? I like their chances. I'm high on this Saints team. I could be wrong. I usually am. I'm often wrong. Just ask my wife. <laughs> no, seriously. I like the Saints team. If they can stay healthy, that's the key. We talked about this earlier this week. In the National Football League, it, look, everyone has talent. It's about having enough talent and the talent staying healthy. This isn't college where you can coach them up. It's a different thing. Rah, 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 let's do one. Uh, come on, team, let's go. Now, th- these are professionals. These are guys that get paid. It's about being having enough talent and having them be healthy. If the Saints can do that, they're a 12-win team easy. 
Jameis Winston, raring to go. He's been developing chemistry this offseason with Michael Thomas. Also, Jarvis Landry kept getting a lot of reports about that. Of all the moves they made, Jarvis may be the one that may be the most significant. Look, getting Chris Olave to get another wide receiver is a great move. Getting Trevor Penning in the draft as well, along with Olave, is a great move. Don't get me wrong. And needed moves. Bringing in Honey Badger and Marcus May. Smart moves. Landry's the one, though, when it happened, I went, "Uh uh-huh. Not a selfish guy. Always known as a team first guy. Will help with uh, Jameis' confidence. Will develop a rapport with him. Will mentor Chris Olave. Will keep Michael Thomas, who, let's be honest, has diva tendencies. Will help keep Thomas in check. He will be the veteran voice. He will be the guy that goes out there and picks up the younger teammates. He'll be the guy that helps the quarterback get back into his rhythm. It's the exact type of guy the Saints needed was Jarvis Landry. Of all the guys that they signed and brought in, drafted, traded for, signed as free agents, all of them help improve the talent on this team. But the one that, at the end of the day, may be the most important for this team's success, and it may not show up in a stat line for him, it's going to be Jarvis Landry, I feel. Jameis Winston, ready to go. Coming off the injury, as we know, that derailed his uh, his season a year ago. Been rehabbing, been getting better. Got time to do the podcast with Cam Jordan and Mark Ingram, which was funny. And, but, that said, we've talked about it a lot. You could see the light bulb kind of go off for Jameis. The last couple games he played before he shredded his knee. You could see that Sean Payton started to trust him. It started to happen. And and there's a reason why he's their quarterback. There's a reason why Pete Carmichael, who has been on staff for years and saw Jameis come in and humble himself as the backup and then saw Jameis win the job last year and saw what happened in front of his eyes. These are guys that work with him all the time. Believes in him. They believe in him. A lot of you fans don't believe in him. I get it. But the organization does. What is he going to do differently? How is he going to approach this season differently? Offensively, what does Jameis Winston want to do for the 2022 season? My biggest thing in terms of uh, doing things that that I want to do is just get on the same page with Mike Thomas and and Jarvis and Chris, Uh, some of these guys that I'm experiencing for the first time and us growing together. Uh, That's what I take on me doing what what I want to do. In terms of the scheme and concepts, I'm going to do what we dial up uh, because we all are in this uh, thing together. Those coaches spend hours, hardworking hours, preparing a game plan. And it's our job to go out there and execute that to the best of our abilities. Obviously, having an open conversation to be able to, you know, uh, bounce anything off them uh, that we can. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I think this offense is very efficient, and we have been. Uh, so uh, we just want, I want to stay on that path, man. He wants the offense to be efficient. 
if you're thinking that Jameis Winston is going to lead the Saints offense to be putting up 2011 numbers, it's not going to happen. He's not going to be throwing for 5,000 yards. They're not going to be an unstoppable video game offense. But if they can average like, I don't know, 23, 24 points a game, they're going to win a lot of games. They don't need to be the greatest show on turf. They just need to be efficient far more than they have been. What about running the football? What about being able to utilize his legs if need be, especially with him coming off the injury? I'm going to play football the the way that our team needs me to play. Uh, If that's pulling it down and running, uh, I'm going to do that. Uh, If that's sitting back and throwing the ball, Four to five times, I'm going to do that. So whatever uh, the team needs me to do, I'm willing and able to do it. He says all the right things. He has said all the right things since coming to New Orleans. The team loves him. His teammates love him. He says all the right things. He has humbled himself. Now if he can just stay healthy and put up numbers. He has the talent. That's never been in question with Jameis. But Jameis, in his younger years, was a knucklehead. And to be fair to him, anyone usually in his former head coach's first year at the helm throws a ton of interceptions. See Big Ben, see Andrew Luck. And he threw a ton of them. But he's got to make better decisions with the football. He's got to make better in-game decisions in particular when he's going through his reads and not trying to force something because Jameis, a bit of a gunslinger, Look, when you're as talented as he is in high school and in college, you can get away with that. NFL's different. So that'll be the big thing for him is figuring that out. Is he going to be more disciplined with the football and with the decisions that he has to make with it? He's going to take the field Sunday for the Saints, and a quarterback that he's been attached to his entire career is going to be taking the field for the Atlanta Falcons. They were both Heisman finalists. Marcus Mariota was a star at Oregon, led them to the college football playoff. Was a Heisman Trophy finalist. Winston won the Heisman. They went back-to-back in the draft that year. Marcus has bumped around, didn't work out in Tennessee. He went to the Raiders to serve as a backup. Now he's with the Falcons, trying to rehab his career to be a bridge quarterback because they drafted one to be the heir apparent. Winston's on his second team. He talked about playing against his old friend and old Heisman finalist. Yeah, we're facing the Atlanta Falcons. I think it's always cool to play against, compete against people that you're fans of and people that came in the same class, but... At the end of the day, me and him, we might compete against each other on the stat sheet, but I'm going against defense. He's going against our defense. Oh, you got to like that. You got to like that, right? He didn't take the bait on that question. He went in a totally different direction. He's like, I'm playing against the Falcons. You see that? He says all the right things. He says all the right things. Michael Thomas We still don't quite know his status for Sunday is still up in the air, right? We keep getting reports that he's questionable. He could be a go, but we're not for sure. And he actually spoke to the media 
yesterday, the former all-pro record-setting wide receiver for the Saints who hasn't played essentially in two years, two-plus years, about finding the way to get back onto the field. Um, once the Saints offered me, you know, my second deal after my rookie contract, you know, that was an agreement to be out here to add value to this team to keep the Saints, you know, hanging banners and competing for championships and have a big role on this team. So to not be out there and add that value, um, whenever you get your second chance, I always told myself or whenever I got back out there, take full advantage of it and, and uh, find a way to always give back. There you go finding a way to get back on the field. And look, it's been a frustrating process for the Saints. It's been a frustrating process for the black and gold nation, the Hoodats. It's all obviously been frustrating for Michael Thomas as well. Kid's a competitor, was so in college, has been in the pros. I don't necessarily like how he handles his business sometimes, especially with the front office and the communication, their lack thereof. But the front office has to be accountable as well. But he admitted as much, he's itching. He can't wait to get back onto the field. I mean, that's what I love to do, man. I love football. I love coming out here competing. I love working on my game. I love taking coaching and, and, and trying to collaborate with my coach and, and find ways to do something better and create separation and just make highlights and perfect my craft. So whenever, you know, you, you know, I had weeks where I felt like I was close to going in the game and then I wasn't able to go in the game or like just because doing with the inj injury or whatever, but now it's just like I'm kind of itching for it. So Michael Thomas itching to get out there. We'll see if he plays Sunday. But I still, even if Thomas doesn't play, I like the Saints to win this game. Of course, we'll give our picks for the weekend for the Saints, the Cajuns, the LSU Tigers, and the Meanies Cowboys on tomorrow's show. Five Names has already been doing the research, breaking it all down, going next level, figuring all that out. Maybe she'll, you know, use her ringer that helps draft her entire team. Yeah, that's not cheating. Um, Yeah. Oh, oh it kind of is. It kind of is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This just in, someone had someone tell her who to draft live during the draft of the RP3 and Company League. Oh, and that person just so happens to be in the league too. It's called using my resources wisely. That's called cheating. And we got to take a time out. Oh, you didn't think I was going to bring it up live on there, did you? Yeah, yeah, I've been sitting on that. We got to take a time out. We'll wrap up our number one update, the poll question of the day. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Whole question of the day here on RP3 and Company is about tonight's Thursday night opener between the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams. And we wanted to hear from you. Who do you got in tonight's opener? Right now, overwhelmingly, votes are flooding in for the Buffalo Bills to take down the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. 71% of you say the Bills, Bills Mafia, as they like to say. 29% say the Rams. We already talked about John Paul Cajun Daddy venting about the Rams. This is what we're here for. We're glad we're here for you. Get that off your chest, bud. Salty Steve says, who cares? Wow. 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 Hate the Lambs. Hate the Bills. Why do you hate the Bills for? 
and none of the players are on my fantasy team. <laughs> Can't wait for Sunday to lay the smackdown on Miguez. I heard Brian Kelly was mentoring him, so I'm a lock. Hashtag Thursday's Mac Talk. Spellcheck got my hashtag. <laughs> oh, man. Salty Steve. And John Paul Cajun Daddy says, I don't hold grudges. I hold vendettas. My man coming with the strong fire take this morning. I love it. That Rams hatred is still there. And for a lot of old school Saints fans, it's more than just the NOLA no call. It is. It goes back to all those years when like Jim Everett was playing for the Rams and Eric Dickerson was running the ball for the Rams. The Rams used to be in the same division obviously, as the 49ers and the New Orleans Saints, the old NFC West. So a lot of old-school Saints fans still have disdain for the Rams. The Nolo no-call just amplified that. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Hour number one has flown by. We cover a lot of ground. We'll cover more coming up. Hour number two. You're listening to the game. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. NFL kicks off tonight, Bills at the Rams. You can listen to the game live right here on the game. You're home for the NFL in Southwest Louisiana. Houston Astros are going to take the day off as they won last night in dramatic fashion on a wild pitch. Jose Altuve, the legend continues. Is he going to go down as the greatest Astro of all time? We sure does feel that way. Sure does feel that way. They find a way to beat the Texas Rangers 4-3. to three. They get the dub. They had the night off. They're going to begin a three-game set against the Halos this weekend as they look to continue to keep their pace with the best record or keep their pace for the best record in the American League as they lead the Yankees by six games in that category. Also gearing up for a weekend of NFL action, Saints at Dirty Birds. They'll be gearing up. It's hate week between the Hoodats and the Falcons. So in addition of Astros this weekend, NFL this weekend, it's a great weekend of college football as well. LSU sold out, by the way, against Southern. First time they've ever played. Going to be at Tiger Stadium. That game is now sold out. They're going to have a special battle of the bands going on. That is should be absolutely phenomenal. So LSU Southern at home. LSU looks to get back on track following a disappointing and humbling loss to Florida State in the All-State Louisiana kickoff on Sunday night. 
the Louisiana Raging Cajuns will be at home after winning their opener against Southeastern Louisiana. They'll be taking on the Eastern Michigan Eagles, who will be flying in to Cajun Field. The Cajuns will be looking to extend the nation's longest winning streak, by the way, which is now 14 games. They'll look to make it 15 Saturday night. We'll have you covered for that game. I'll be there. Hannah, five names, will be there as well, doing her thing with the camera work as she did last week. If you didn't catch the gallery, you should go check out our Facebook page. Give us a like. Give us a follow. And then check out the gallery. She did a tremendous job. And she'll be doing it again on Saturday. Also on Saturday, the Minis Cowboys will be making the short trip from Lake Charles over to H-Town, over to Houston, because they're taking on Rice. Rice's quarterback got injured in the opener in the shellacking by USC. Rice has been one of the worst programs in the FBS for a while, and McNeese is coming off a game in which they played extremely well against a team that played for the national championship at the FCS level. Could Gary Goff's team pull off the upset in Houston Saturday night? Weirdly, Rice is playing McNeese and UL back-to-back weeks. That's interesting. Like, they're just like, okay, um, we just want to play teams that are just, like, next door. Who's available? Come on down, please. Will anyone come and play us at Rice? So, big weekend for college football. We also have some marquee matchups in the top 25 across the board. We're going to look at that. Big one, of course, is Alabama, Texas. Alabama national title contender, Texas, trying to make itself come back. Hook them horns. There's this whole thing with the million dollar ban from, you know, Alabama's million dollar ban not going because Texas likes to put the ban way up away from the action so you can't hear them. So Alabama's like, all right, fine then the band's not coming. So you know that's going to be bulletin board material as Nick Saban takes on his former assistant, Steve Scarsesian. <laughs> that's a decision that I don't think bodes well for Texas. Hey, let's try to get a competitive advantage. Oh, no. We're going to try to do so against one of the most petty guys when it comes to finding bulletin board material. Not smart. Not smart. But Bama... At Texas, that's 11 a.m. We're going to have that game for you live on the game, by the way. Additional college football action. Last weekend, we had Notre Dame-Ohio State broadcast for you. This weekend, it's going to be Alabama-Texas. That'll be at 11 o'clock. So we'll have that for you in the morning time. And then, of course, we'll have LSU-Southern on Saturday night. So multiple college football games for you this weekend. So, Bama-Texas is a game that a lot of people are going to be paying attention to. South Carolina-Arkansas is another one. Spencer Rattler there with the Gamecocks. They're looking to become relevant yet again. Arkansas is coming off a a hard-fought victory over Cincinnati. That was a battle of top 25 teams 
last week. Once again, this is up in Fayetteville. It's an early game, 11 o'clock. That's intriguing to me. Because how does Arkansas respond after winning a tough opening game? How do they come back again? North Carolina, who had its hands full, having to win in dramatic fashion in a shootout with App State. Shout out to North Carolina for playing nothing but Sunbelt teams and its non-conference slate. It's going to be taking on Georgia State, and that's a game at Georgia State, by the way. So they're going to be playing at the old Turner Field facility because that's what Georgia State took over, converted baseball field into a football stadium in Atlanta. Early kick. I'm looking at that one going, "Eh, that's an intriguing one to me. That's a little intriguing to me to see what happens there. Clemson's being going to get to be tested as they take on Furman. I'm just joking. Appalachian State at A&M. That's another one that's I've circled on my calendar to pay attention to for this weekend. A&M had a lightning delay, storm delay in its game. It wins pretty easily. Lots of pressure on Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies to deliver this year finally. App State comes to town after that thrilling, heartbreaking defeat against North Carolina. How will they respond? Will they bounce back? Will they have upset on their mind? Will Texas A&M do a little sleepwalking at 2.30 in the afternoon on Saturday? Another marquee matchup that I'm looking forward to. Tennessee ranked in the top 25. They're number 24. They're going to be taking on Pittsburgh, who won the backyard brawl versus West Virginia. That's Tennessee at Pitt. 230. That's the national game on ABC. That's a good matchup. I'm always going to be happy about top 25 matchups early in the season. We rarely have them, but we'll have this one. Tennessee Pittsburgh. That should be a good game. We'll we'll find out just how good both teams are here early on with this matchup. Another one to keep an eye on. Houston's the number 25-ranked team in the country. They're taking on Texas Tech. Now, this is a big game for recruiting purposes for both teams. Houston's joining the Big 12, right? That's coming. Texas Tech is one of the leftovers in the Big 12 that didn't get poached. Red Raiders play over there in Lubbock. It would go a long way for Texas Tech to beat Houston to help them try to get better recruits to come out of the Houston area because Houston recruits its backyard heavily. But it could go a long way for Houston as well, saying, hey, we're ready for the Big 12. We just took down Texas Tech. That'll be game. We'll be at 3 o'clock on Saturday. So not a ton of marquee matchups, right? But there are some good ones. Kentucky-Florida is interesting as well. That's another top 25 matchup. Billy Napier got the signature win in week one as they took down number seven Utah at the end with the interception. That was in the swamp. This game will be in the swamp. It will be at night. It's going to be ESPN game. Number 20 Kentucky at number 12 Florida. Florida's coming off a great win, an amazing victory. 
does Billy make sure to keep his team in check and not have them get too big of a head? Because Kentucky, who is a legit contender, a spoiler in the East, this is a very good team. So they're going to get tested yet again. Can Billy and his team win yet another game against a top 25 opponent? No one had a bigger jump in the polls this week than the Gators. Can they live up to the hype now? Because Kentucky would love nothing more than to come in to ruin it for the Gators in the Swamp. So that's one of the night games where you go, "Mm, that could be good. They could be immensely interesting to see what happens there. So that just gives you a little bit of a taste of what we got on tap for this coming weekend for college football. We also got high school action tonight here on the game. Not only, not on the game, I'm sorry, on our sister stations here on Delta Media. Not only do we have the NFL season opener between the Bills and the Rams here on the game tonight on 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. We also have two high school games on our sister stations because Delta Media is your home for thrilling high school football. Tonight, the Southside Sharks are going to take on the Cecilia Bulldogs on Mustang 107.1 FM. Southside is coming off a season opener where they hung tough with the Notre Dame Pios. They're going to be looking for their first win of the season, taking on Cecilia, who has a very good veteran team. Once again, that'll be on Mustang 107.1 FM. While that's going on, you can also flip over and listen to Port Berry. They got a forfeit win in week one because of the brawls that occurred at Livonia High School. That game was actually canceled. They had to forfeit. So Port Berry, who's been struggling for the last couple of years, they got themselves a dub despite not playing a game. They're going to be taking on the Boshan Gators, a playoff team from a year ago. They were, they were humbled in their opener losing, so they're going to be looking to get their first win. Port Berry at Beauchamp. That's going to be on News Talk 98.5 FM, 15.20 AM. A certain host will be on the call with Chad Jones. That'll be me. Pre-game begins at 6.45 for both games. Kickoff set for 7 o'clock, and you can make sure to download each station's free mobile app for either Apple or Android de- devices to listen to the games on your phone. Delta Media is your home for high school football. we got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, will dazzles, dazzle us with something amazing. No, no. She does that every day. She doesn't have to do it special. We're going to dive into the LSU men's basketball schedule, which is especially the non-conference schedule, Pabon. We'll talk about that next here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. RP3 is known for being a well-tempered and thoughtful sports journalist. The incompetence, the absolute abundance of arrogance from Rob Manford makes me want to punch him in his throat. Okay, well, we all have our bad days. I'm not kidding. If he was right here in the studio, I would walk up to him and throw him a punch. Well... 
Let's all hope he took his meds today. Back to hopefully a calm and collected RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest, Southwest Louisiana's, Louisiana's sports, sports station. station. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the start of a new football season. Bet just $5 on Thursday's game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as as an added bonus for tonight's game, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on Buffalo or Los Angeles to win. If your team leads by seven at any point during the game tonight, You're going to get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on Thursday night football. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age to play, physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonuses issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Moneyline bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner is Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. Woo. So let's take a moment here to correct me, yours truly, because, yeah, that needs to happen. So let me go ahead and get to this because uh, I was texted this during the last segment by the producer extraordinaire um it's not a battle of the bands the lsu tiger band said it they will uh, each do their performance then we'll do a performance together so made sure to go ahead and get that clarification out there about that it will not be a battle of the bands like it is during the bayou classic between southern and grambling for Saturday's game, it will simply be a joint performance. One will perform, the other one will perform, and then they'll perform together, and they all sing Kumbaya together, apparently. So don't want to use the word battle of the bands. Want to make sure we got that band information correct for all of you out there listening this morning. Thanks to the producer extraordinaire and band nerd, Hannah Five Names. I just want to know why you made me sound like the like the sassy Hattie, but it's like older. <laughs> Well, you can't. Have you met you? <laughs> I was not sassy about it. <laughs> You're sassy every day. No, I'm not. Mm. I'm just. Uh, if we did a survey of myself and Footsie and whatever poor, unfortunate intern is around, and the boys, Miguez and Mesh, and Clint and Dylan, what would you think the overall synopsis would be if you're sassy every day i'm just passionate with the flair bravo bravo i'm just passionate with a flair she says yeah i'm not sassy not at all Mm -mm. not at all no sass from you no sass from my daughter no sass from my wife no sass from my mother i'm not surrounded by women of sass not at all no nope 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 not at all Let's get to this LSU men's basketball schedule. Because I'm just going to call it like it is. It's garbage. 
I understand why it is what it is. A, the new coach in charge of cleaning up the Will Wade mess possibly is facing postseason bans and everything like this. You can't get... It it could very well be you can't get a lot of quality opponents to come to the PMAC. Right? That's part of it because you have the stink of NCAA sanctions about you. That's one thing. Second thing is, first year at the helm, postseason is probably not going to be available for you so you want to build up your young team's confidence once again you're you're having to bring in guys with no NCAA tournament for them to play in so any opportunity to build up a winning culture is important I get all of those things but when this non-conference schedule and the full season schedule for the LSU basketball team was released it's a big old-fashioned woof let me break down the world beaters that are going to be coming to the PMAC and the games that the LSU Tigers believe you're actually going to care about coming to see. We're going to start off with Kansas City. Did you know Kansas City had a college team? Well, now you do. Kansas City. I know nothing about them. Are they even one double A? One A. Are they NIA? Let's look up. Can you look up that for me there? Put put together your band sass for a moment. Push that aside. Producer Extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names. Kansas City. That's who LSU's starting off the season. Can you tell me what level of sports they play? Because I'll be interesting to know what level of basketball this is going to be. There is a Kansas City University. I don't even know if this is Kansas City University. Like, th- this this is... Kansas City University is a medical school. I don't think this is them. They're a medical school. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. Is this University of Missouri at Kansas City? Is this a directional school? Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm moving on while you try to do the research. This may be the University of Missouri at Kansas City. They have like a jackrabbit as a mascot here. Let's see here. Let's say, or a hare. Let's see what this is. So it looks like it's a kangaroo is what I'm finding. And I keep saying this division one. It is division one, you say? Yes. They're the ruse. Uh Uh-oh. My buddy, originally from Kansas City, my friend from New Iberia, Don Schutman, says he believes it's the University of Missouri at Kansas City, the Kangaroos. Yes, UMCKC Kangaroos. That's who this is. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. What division is UMKC basketball? NCAA Division One men's basketball. That is Division says One. Says the Googles. Says the Google. So they're going to start off playing the University of Missouri at Kansas City Kangaroos to start off the year. I should somehow get tickets and take my old friend Don Schutman so he can see the team that he used to go study at. Shout out to Don for texting me. It's 
been a while. Hope you're doing well, my friend. Then it's Arkansas State, a little Sunbelt action. Okay, that's a better game. UNO, keep it in the state. I like that. UNO typically has a good basketball program. So at least you get some, you know, interest there. But then we have the Cayman Islands Classic, Illinois State. Do you think the folks in the Cayman Islands are going to be excited about watching LSU take on Illinois State? Then they're going to be playing either Akron or Western Kentucky in the second game of the Cayman Islands Classic, and then whoever else. But that's a way. Then they get to come back home and they take on Wofford. Or we'll say for this purpose, Wofford. UT Arlington, who's no longer even in the Sun Belt. They play Wake Forest, which is a good game in the holiday hoops giving. But then they get to come back home for the home fans. You're in for a treat. Here you go. North Carolina Central. Winthrop in East Tennessee State. Oh, and then comes SEC play where you get like Arkansas and Kentucky and Texas A&M and Florida and Alabama and all that good stuff. But that non-conference schedule, East Tennessee State, Winthrop, North Carolina Central, UT Arlington, Wolford, Illinois State? Are you kidding me? You got all the great statues outside. You finally got the Pistol Pete statue, which took 30 years too long to build. You want to renovate the PMAC. You want to invest money into it. And this is the schedule that you give your fans? If you're an LSU basketball fan, not to worry. You'll have plenty of opportunities to buy cheap tickets to go watch non-conference basketball games this year. Trust me on that. Uh, in case you were wondering, the team that are in the Cayman Islands Classic is uh, Kansas State University, LSU, Tulane, Illinois State University, University of Nevada, University of Rhode Island, didn't know they had a team, Western Kentucky University, and the University of Akron. Oh. <sighs> Even the tournament that they're taking part in is average, is mediocre. Woof. I get it. New coach is taking over. Probation. I understand all of this. But you got to do better by your fans. You got to give your fans a reason to not watch the game on a streaming service or to listen on their app. You got to give them a reason to actually come out and buy the tickets to spend money on parking, to spend money on concessions. This schedule doesn't do that. LSU's got to do a better job, plain and simple. Their fans deserve better. Could have easily played the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, by the way, and that would have been a game that people would have probably sold out the PMAC for. But nah, we ain't going to do that because we're not going to play little brother in basketball. Dumb. Dumb, 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 dumb. We got to take a timeout. I'm done with my rant. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports is going to come on. We're going to talk about some weekend college football bets. That's going to be next right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yep. Yeah. 
Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Lafayette Marble and Granite offers the largest selection of granite, quartz, and marble in Acadiana, and they appreciate the opportunity to earn your business. As you've heard me tell you before, LMG provides more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens, your bathrooms, and your man caves. LMG also now has an extensive selection of custom shower builds with their grout-free showers. That's right, no muss, no fuss, and no odor. Make sure to visit their website, lmgelite.com, to learn more about all the sensational services and great products they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. Visit lmgelite.com or stop by their soon-to-be-renovated showroom located on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. Lafayette Marble and Granite is looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Big weekend on tap. High school football week number two. The action begins tonight and then, of course, Thursday, Friday. College football action, plenty NFL kicks off as well. Hattie Elise Parch birthday party extravaganza Saturday as well. By the way, that's the most important thing. As much as I'm excited to cover the Louisiana Raging Cajuns versus Eastern Michigan with you, producer extraordinaire Hannah Five Names, uh, the birthday party at the Sky Zone is far more important. The little one, the blessing, turns eight. Eight going on 28, she will be. She keeps trying to convince me that it's less days. Because somehow she's roped in her mama, my wife, to say, oh, so only in a couple days. And their math, they prefer over my math. My math is actually real time. They are like, well, it's only, you know, they're trying to make it down, reduce it by a day. I'm like, that's not how it works. Your birthday is September 10th, which is Saturday. The party is Saturday. But, you know, I get voted down. It's two against one. What are you going to do? Birthday party extravaganza. Saturday for the little one. But it's also a big week for college and NFL, as I stated. And to help break it all down for us is our friend from Paramount Sports, a man with more than three decades of sports betting expertise. Lee Sterling joins us now. Lee, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I can't complain. (laughs) I mean, what a game tonight to start off the NFL season. I mean, Buffalo, who is everyone's betting favorite, seems like to win the Super Bowl against the defending national championships. Couldn't get any better. Couldn't get any better. So let's do a dive dive in to the weekend slate, and let's start off with college. Florida, signature win for Billy Napier right off the bat as they take down number 7 Utah last week, Lee. But – They have no time to breathe, right? Because a very, very good, well-coached, and scrappy Kentucky team comes to the Swamp. It's a top 25 matchup. It's going to be one of the marquee games of the weekend. Florida's the slight favorite. Four points in their favor. How do you like this game, and how are you betting this game? Because I look at it, and I go, is Florida going to avoid the letdown? That's my first thought. 
you know, started. And the main thing you have to say about last week's performance for Florida is Anthony Richardson is a freak. Yes. Um, 6'5", 240, probably runs a 4'3", 4'440", rocket arm, and he's accurate. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a top two, top three pick. I mean, if he keeps this up. The difference between him and Emory Jones, who started from last year, monumental. Um, but he was hurt most of the season, um, and they're going to be able to build on it. Think about it. They had like 60 recruits at that game. If you're a recruit and you were in that atmosphere and saw that game, <laughs> you're like, sign me up right now. Now, Kentucky, I think, is solid, and they're really good as an underdog. But then we put up 353 total yards last week against Miami of Ohio. Yeah. And just 50 rushing yards. Now, I know Chris Rodriguez will be back. He'll return after that one-game suspension. But um, the backups are pretty good. And remember, Chris Rodriguez is a fumbler. Uh, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis, really good. But only really one big-time weapon on the outside, and that's Virginia Tech transfer Tavion Robinson here. Um, the Gators, I just think, are deeper at wide receiver here and special teams. They have the edge here, and I just think the swamp with Anthony Richardson in 2022 is going to be a tough place to win at here. I like Florida, 27-20. Yeah, and I know Richardson was banged up last year, but Mullen didn't seem to want to play him all that much either. That would be a discussion right. for, for another day, too. <laughs> um, and, and as great as the crowd was, now they're coming off a win against a division, you know, a division opponent too. I expect the crowd to be raucous once again there in the swamp. I like you. I like Florida. I think it's going to be a, a close game as well. But you know, Billy, he's turning around and seemingly fairly quickly down there in the swamp. Let's stay in the SEC, Lee. Tennessee. They open up with a convincing lopsided win against Ball State. The biggest takeaway from that game was one of their linemen pretending to be knocked out and uh, being dramatic with the flopping during the game. <laughs> and they're taking on a Pittsburgh yeah. team that wins a dramatic backyard brawl played for the first time in a decade, which is silly that they don't play that game every year. But Pittsburgh coming off the win over West Virginia, this is another top 25 matchup. Great for us as college football fans. Tennessee's getting seven points. How do you see this game? So both teams, same amount of rest, uh, played last Thursday. But Pittsburgh is off an emotional backyard brawl versus West Virginia, while UT hardly broke a sweat here. Last year's game um, was Josh Heupel's just his second game, and he had to face Kenny Pickett in one of his finest moments here. Um, Tennessee was minus three in turnovers in that game and only lost by seven points. And if you remember, Joe Milton, uh, remember that name. I mean, it seems like uh, it's been forever, was the starter, too. He was replaced uh, middle of the second quarter. A lot has changed, and then Hooker took over and <laughs> just ran from there on out. I just think this offense is is really good, and um, I think the pass defense of the Vols um, – May not be at a championship level, but improved since last year. And I just think that offense runs, plays at a warp speed compared to West Virginia. West Virginia played about as well as they could play, and they still couldn't beat them. I think Tennessee is going to be too much here. They exact that revenge from that seven-point loss last year. Tennessee 38-28 over Pitt. We'll head over to Austin for another SEC opponent. Alabama, number one ranked team in the country. 
They're getting 20 points against the Longhorns. I, I understand it, but Austin, I know it, it hasn't been what it's been in years, okay? I, I remember 10 years ago going there to see Iowa State beat them for the first time there and, and going, wow, this place became lifeless in a hurry. In a hurry. 20 points seems like a ton to me, Lee, but you're the expert. You're the man that knows your stuff. Is 20 points right on the money for you in this matchup between Alabama and Texas? It may not be enough. Here's why. Texas, in my opinion, to stay in this game, they've got to play solid defense and against one of the most explosive offenses in the country. How good was Bryce Young last week against – Utah State is not a bad team. I'm telling you, by the end of the year, you're going to say, wow, they were like 9-3. and three. I mean, how did that happen? He had 18 completions. Five were for touchdowns. Uh, Texas returned seven starters on defense, but they don't have any real playmakers. They don't have anyone close to Will Anderson from Alabama here. So I think their defensive coordinator, Pete Kolokowski, is going to try to shuffle the deck, uh, try to mix up his blitzes here. I just think they're going to get overwhelmed here. And then... Quinn, you, the, the, the pressure is going to be on him and running back with John Robinson because they're going to have to score early and often. They're going to go against a defense that allowed just 2.7 yards per carry last year and didn't have 37 or even 47, had 57 sacks and has the best player maybe in the country in Will Anderson, a linebacker here. Um, Bama shut out an offense last week, Utah State, that averaged almost 32 points per game. Texas on offense last week gave up three sacks to yours, and, and yours to one interception. I think that number is going to increase this week here. And remember, losing to Texas A&M on the road last year, I think is going to be the battle cry for Alabama every time they take the field on the road. And I think it starts early Saturday. Uh, Alabama, I think, is going to send Texas a message and let them know what the SEC is going to look like when they join in a couple years. Roll Tide, Alabama 48-21. We're talking with sports betting analyst Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. He joins us here on RP3 and Company as he does every Thursday. Let's talk about the game right down the road from our studios here, Lee, and that's the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. They opened up the season with a win over southeastern Louisiana. The Coach Dez era starts with a W. They're going to be taking on eastern Michigan. The Eagles come to town. They're coming off a kind of a close win as well there the team out of the mac raging cajuns are getting spotted 11 points in this matchup saturday night at cajun field how do you like it so new eagles quarterback taylor powell if you remember the name played at troy last year that's right and and his first four years so he is familiar with the raging cajuns here and in their defense not positive but felt i just felt that uh, Lafayette just played down to the competition a little last week, and, and they didn't show a whole lot. Uh, their defense did, though, get two turnovers last week. They were plus 15 in turnover ratio last year. That's the way they play. They may not look fancy, but um, they get the job done. It's all about winning here. And I think of all the four units, offense and defense, I think that defense for the Raging Cajuns is the most trusted of the four units that will be on the field on Saturday. So I think it might be close for a half, but I'm going to take uh, the Raging Cajuns here, 35-17 over Eastern Michigan. 35-17, says Lee, for the yep. Raging Cajuns. Raging Cajun fans like to hear that. All right, let's go to the NFL. 
Saints, the new era here. Dennis Allen, longtime defensive coordinator, has taken over for Sean Payton. And uh, for, for me, Lee, this is a team that nearly made the playoffs a year ago with having two bouts of COVID, having four different starting quarterbacks, including Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill in Ian Book, no Michael yep. Thomas, and still nearly made the playoffs. Their roster just got better, adding the Honey Badger, adding Marcus May, adding Jarvis Landry, adding Chris Olave. I like this team a lot. I like this team a lot to win a lot of games and maybe even win the division this year. They're going to start off in Atlanta on the road against a revamped, rebuilt Atlanta Falcons squad. The line is minus five in favor of the Saints. How do you like this game on Sunday? So remember last year, think back to what took place. So in the first matchup, Matt Ryan for Atlanta was matched up against Trevor Simeon. And uh, he's not good. <laughs> Let's be quite honest here. And then in the second game around, and Atlanta won that game, uh, it was Ryan in his final home game in Atlanta, and he was against Taysom Hill and, and Seaman again. And, and the Saints won by 10 points here. So Marcus Merritt is going to start here for Atlanta. He's so-so. The Saints were 5-2 and two with Jameis Winston starting last year. Um, the last five games of the season, this defense – despite being totally overworked by a below-average offense last year, allowed 9, 0, 20, 10, and 20 points. They're going to be rock solid this year. You mentioned about Olave, Thomas, Alvin Kamara should be healthy again, add in Jarvis Landry here. Outside of cornerback and tight end Kyle Pitts, the Falcons are below average almost in every position. They had only 17 sacks last season. That was the fewest sacks since the NFL began tracking uh, that in 1982. And they were outgained in each of the last 12 games here. Their 7-10 and record is totally misleading here. I like the Saints 28-17. All right, bud, we'll get you out of here with this. Yep. Tell, us, tell us what your game of the week is. Game of the week. Um, I'm going to give them two. You want the game tonight, the Rams and the Bills, um, <laughs> the betting favorite. Uh, everyone loves Buffalo to win it all this year. Uh, the Rams won it all last year. I'll give you that winner. I'll give you the Tampa Bay-Dallas winner. Both of them just call 800-400-9741. And how about this? Um, I rate my games from 10 to 50 units. Maybe once every four or five weeks we'll have a 40 to 50 unit play. You can get three weeks of football action from now through September 30th, and that's generally 10 to 13, 10 to 14 games a week. I will also release a 40 to 50 unit play this weekend in football. I'll also give you my UFC card where we have a 50 unit selection, and baseball where we're almost 40 games above 500 for the season. We'll have a 40 to 50 unit play, just $297. Usually it's over $1,000 for all three of these things. ParamountSports.com, check it out, get involved, or, par or just call us here at the office, 800-400-9741. Lee, appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Brother, have a great weekend. Sounds good. You too. we got to take a timeout here on RP3 and Company. We'll wrap up our number two update, that poll question of the day, right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Poll question of the day. Who do you got in tonight's NFL opener? Lots of money 
being spent on being put on the Buffalo Bills, not only to win tonight, but to win the whole thing this year, to hoist the Lombardi Trophy for the first time ever. Right now, 74% of you say you got Buffalo winning tonight on the road in Los Angeles. Only 26% for the Rams. Hart says, I'm starting a fantasy league to gauge metrics like how many days a week will five names be sassy and have questionable food choices. Currently, the line is set at three and a half with three laughing, crying emojis. That's from Hart. JPK, the OD, says, who cares? It's football. He shared a little football gif of a guy dancing. Say, football's back. There we go. There we go. Love it. Love it. Ralph says, Bill's Mafia. Interesting stat, though. The reigning Super Bowl champions are 14-3 and in the kickoff game since 2004. However, the Bills have won seven out of their last nine meetings against the Rams. Burning question, will the Rams outdraw UCLA? LA football, shaking my head. Yeah, he shared a picture. That was embarrassing. Welcome to the Big Ten, UCLA. (laughs) Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Keep those comments coming as well. Leave them on Facebook and Twitter, and we'll update it by the end of today's show. We got to take a timeout. Hour number three coming up with Les East. This is the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything going to be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Hour number three has arrived on this Thursday edition of RP3 and Company. Coming up half an hour from right now, McNeese head football coach Gary Goff will join us for Giddy Up with Gary Goff. Team fought hard for the first half against a team that played for a national championship a year ago. They'll be on the road in Houston taking on Rice this Saturday. We'll get a preview of that game from Coach. Also coming up in just uh, about 15 minutes or so, Lee Evans from the Louisiana Custom Knife Association. They're having a show here locally. Big time show that's going to be held this Saturday. We'll give you all the details about that. But right now here on the show, it's time for us to talk to our good friend from CrescentCitySports.com and Saturday Down South, Les East joins us. Les, good morning to you, brother. How are you? I'm doing well, Raymond. How are you? I am doing tremendous. We got birthday party palooza for the little one on Saturday. So this this is what I got coming up, Les. You ready for it? I got high school football to call on the radio tonight. High school football to call on the radio tomorrow night because I'm filling in for somebody. Saturday birthday party. Saturday night, Raging Cajuns, and then Sunday, I'll probably be in front of the television watching NFL. I'm thinking that birthday palooza is going to be the centerpiece of all that action. Yes, 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 yes. You speak in my language, brother. You're picking up what I'm putting down. All right, bud. Let's uh, let's get to it. When are we going to know if Michael Thomas is going to play in Sunday's game? Is he going to be a game-time decision, yes or no? Uh, probably not. I mean, I think we'll have a pretty good idea on Friday when they put the uh, the game designation on the practice participation report, unless he has a setback 
today or tomorrow, I would expect him uh, to be listed as probable. Uh, which means, uh, you know, 75% or so chance he's going to play. I think uh, without a setback, I think it's almost certain that he's going to play, and I think that will be pretty clear uh, on the Friday practice report. But uh, they can always say um, he's a game-time decision, so he can't be sure until he goes out on the field. But I think we'll be pretty confident come Friday if if a probable designation shows up. How much do you think Pete Carmichael is going to let Jameis Winston kind of open up this offense a little bit? I know last year he was a little bit handcuffed, right? They slowly kind of gave him more and more freedom as the season progressed before it ended prematurely for Winston due to the injury. Uh, Do we expect this offense to be kind of just, hey, Jameis, it's yours, get after it, or do we think it's going to be a little bit more conservative? Well, I think they might be a little bit conservative right out of the gate, but uh, I don't think they'll. Uh, it'll be anything significant. I, we saw last year in the uh, the opener against Green Bay, I believe he hit a long touchdown to Deontay Hardy, and I think uh, the, the Atlanta defense is not a great defense. Uh, I don't. I, they did not have a lot of um, sacks last season. They're kind of short-handed. Deion Jones is uh, starting the season on IR. So uh, I, I think they're going to be looking for favorable matchups with the receiving core they have. I think they'll find some of those. Though the cornerbacks are fairly good for the Falcons. Uh, so I think uh, they're not going to be careless in exposing him uh, to potential hits. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to uh, it's going to be noticeable that they're they're conservative. I think they're going to throw the ball, and I think they're going to throw it down the field when the matchups are favorable to do so. You know, we focus on this offense. We talk, we've talked a lot in the offseason about Alvin Kamara, his suspension, his availability. We talked about Chris Olave, the first-round pick out of Ohio State, and Michael Thomas's return. But I just feel like of all the moves they made this offseason, the one that I think at the end of the day is going to mean the most, and it may not show up in his stat line, is Jarvis Landry. Because here's a guy that has always been a team-first guy, catches everything thrown his way. He's going to mentor the young guys, including Callaway and, and Hardy and all those because they're still young players. He's going to be able to maybe keep the diva tendencies in check for Michael Thomas because he's done so every stop along the way in his own career. And he's already developed chemistry with Jameis Winston. He's going to help his confidence. Am I completely off base here thinking that Landry may be, quote-unquote, like the team MVP by the end of the year? Well, I don't know if if I would necessarily say team MVP, but I I agree with with most of what you said there. I think he's going to be valuable in a lot of ways, and some of which won't show up in the uh, in the stat sheet I think the compliment that he uh, is to Michael Thomas with uh, two guys who are going to be extremely difficult uh, to guard on on crossing routes underneath I think is going to open up the entire passing game I think Chris Olave and Deontay Hardy's ability to get deep is going to create opportunities for both Thomas and Landry and uh, I think he's going to be a significant presence in the locker room for the young receivers and for the team as a whole. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with all of that. I think he was a, a um, very important pickup during the offseason, and I think he's going to be one of the more important players on the team. 
What do you think the ratio is going to be with the offensive play calling Sunday night or Sunday uh, afternoon against the Falcons? If you had to go like run pass percentages. Well, I think they want to be in the vicinity of 50-50. I think it could uh, tilt one way or the other depending on how the game goes. But I do think they're going to be pretty run-heavy early on. I think they want to establish that, not that they won't mix in uh, some uh, potential big play passes early, but I do think they're going to run the ball a fair amount. I think you're going to see an awful lot of Alvin Kamara early in the game, both running the ball and catching uh, passes out of the backfield. I think you'll see Mark Ingram get some chances as well. So uh, I think they're going to be pretty run heavy early on trying to set up the play action, but ultimately get to the point where uh, they're balanced and the plays are uh, pretty evenly distributed between the run and the pass. I don't think they want to get themselves in – obvious passing situations where the the Falcons pass rushers can tee off and potentially expose Winston to to hits. Uh, They want to keep those to a minimum, obviously. We're talking with Les Heese of CrescentCitySports.com and Saturday Down South. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, let's talk about this matchup. You mentioned the Falcons. Look, they're in a a full-on rebuild, right? There's no longer Calvin Ridley. No longer Julio Jones, no longer Matt Ryan. Uh, They've got a bridge quarterback in Marcus Mariota. Their defense wasn't very good last year, and it didn't get much better. Uh, what are some of the challenges, though, that the Falcons still present to the Saints in this opening weekend matchup? Well, probably the the biggest thing is that Mariota is uh, more of a dual-threat quarterback. He he's, has an escape uh, ability that uh, Matt Ryan certainly did not have. So he can get away from the pass rush. They can run some uh, read option with him. And so the defense is going to have to uh, prepare, I think, for a bigger playbook than they did when Matt Ryan was the quarterback. And you know, Cam Jordan's not going to get his normal three sacks of uh, Matt Ryan that he's become accustomed to over the years. Uh, Mariota can take off and run. So I think that dimension from the quarterback position is a threat that has not been in, been there in the past. I, I think the Saints are, are perfectly capable of handling that, that dimension. I don't think it's going to be a major issue. But it is uh, something they have to prepare for that they didn't have to prepare for in the past and something that's a potential threat in the game on Sunday that they haven't had to deal with in the past. Now, now Corderell Patterson uh, is a guy who gave has given the Saints some problems the last couple of years. He's a really good player. He can run the ball, he can catch the ball, and he can uh, return kicks. So I think he's certainly one of the biggest weapons that the Falcons have, one that they've used to good effect against the Saints. I believe it was in the Dome two years ago when he caught that uh, deep pass uh, after the Saints had taken the lead late in the game. So he's uh, a big play guy they have to watch out for. So I would say Mariota and Patterson are the guys that they have to be most concerned about on the offensive side of the ball. And then defense, they, you know, like I said, the corners are pretty good, but they don't have a lot of big-time playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. So I think as long as the Saints take care of the football, they're, they're going to be able to move it fairly well. 
All right, bud, we'll wrap it up with this. How do you think this game is going to go down and why? Well, I think the Saints are clearly the better team. I think they, they should win as long as they don't have uh, mistakes such as penalties or turnovers, as long as they play it straight up in those two regards. They should be able to come out with a win, and I expect them to, to be able to keep the penalties under control and and possibly be plus in the takeaways. So, you know, I would go being the first game of the year, a lot of the key players didn't play in the preseason. I think it'll be a little bit sloppy at times, but I think they would win some, something like 24 to 16. Les, appreciate your time as always, brother. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll talk to you next Thursday, bud. Thanks, Raymond. He went, he went 24 17, a little sloppy there. It's interesting. Interesting. I, I could see that. I could see that. It's, it's the first game. You're trying to shake things off, start off a little sluggish. NFL season does begin tonight. Correct, Amundo? That's right. Thursday night football. You can listen to it right here on the game, of course. No better place to listen to it than to right here. Courtesy of our friends over at Westwood One. Now, Reminder, you want to get some get get your bets on? Want to get your bet on? Here you go. DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official, official sports betting partner of the National Football League. They're giving new customers. If you've never bet before, don't worry. If you're new, you got a can't miss offer just in time for the opener tonight between the Bills and the Rams. Celebrate the start of the season. Bet just $5 on tonight's game and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus, For tonight's game, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on Buffalo or L.A. to win. If your team leads by seven at any point during the game, you get paid instantly. Even if your team loses, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use promo code 1037GAME to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on Thursday night football. That's code 1037GAME, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years of age to play. Physically present in Louisiana. Select parishes only. Bonus is issued as a free bet. One early win token issued at opt-in money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions do apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Licensee partner is Golden Nugget Lake Charles. And if you got a gambling problem, call 1-877-770-STOP. Poll question of the day. Get those votes in. You still got time. Who do you think is going to win the opener tonight? Is it the Bills or is it the Los Angeles Rams? 76% of you say Buffalo, 24% say the Rams. Martin has chimed in on Twitter. Football's finally here. Just need the cool weather to go with it. And then, only then, will it be football season. But most important question is, will Foot make it through the entire season with all the Saints suspensions? And can someone come and get all these darn love bugs? LOL. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming on Facebook and Twitter. Coming up next, Ethan Lee from the Louisiana Custom Knife Association will join us. They have a show, big marquee show, this weekend here in Lafayette. He's going to tell us all about it. That's coming up next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Great news, my sports-loving friend. No more aimlessly searching for sports talk love by swiping left or right. 
that's because you've already found the perfect match. For Sports Talk Love, that is... Now, back to the only lover you'll ever need. The game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to RP3 and Company this Saturday. Man, there's plenty to do. The Louisiana Raging Cajuns are going to be at home against the Eastern Michigan Eagles. That'll kick off at 6 o'clock, but hey, if you're interested in maybe going to attend an event beforehand, before you go out and start tailgating in the afternoon, I got just the event for you that you may be interested in. It's the Louisiana Custom Knife Show. It's going to be held here in Lafayette this Saturday from 9 to 5. You can go check it out it's a great event it's its third year of them putting on the show and joining us now to talk all about it is the vice president of the louisiana custom knife association ethan lee joins us now on rp3 and company ethan good morning how are you doing i'm doing great thanks for having me on ethan let's start talking about the actual association itself before we start talking about saturday's event the louisiana custom knife association i remember being a kid and i think i was 12 years old and i wanted a pocket knife that's all i wanted i wanted a pocket knife kept bugging my dad and my mom was you know just dreadful that i was going to slice open my hand as soon as i got one my dad's like no we need to get him one and i got my pocket knife and of course the first thing i did i i I cut open my hand and my dad had to calm down my mother but (laughs) I, I, I carry a pocket knife still to this day, but I don't remember custom knives. I, I remember sometimes some hunters in my family would maybe have one that they would use. It seems to be more and more of people out there that are wanting this and more and more people that are actually producing these themselves. Well, yeah, absolutely there are. Oh, So there's many knife makers around a lot of people don't realize it but there are really quite a few knife makers and so the louisiana knife association started by a guy named stephen prather who's a friend of mine he started a louisiana knives and knife makers facebook page and so we kind of a few of us got connected through there and then about year or two ago i think it was two years ago now he posted on there like hey let's have a knife night you know with so many of us locally let's get together And so I offered to have a knife night out of my shop, and we had a bunch of people show up. And ever since then, we've just, uh, we've kind of been regularly having little meetings. We'll do knife-making demonstrations. We have knife nights, which is really just like a show-and-tell, make food, eat, just kind of a good time. And that's kind of what, where it all got started. Having talked to people that are custom knife makers, knife smiths, if you will, it's very much a passion project. Someone that says, I made this, I've created something on my own. I didn't have to go to the store to buy it. I've made this. There's a different level of pride there when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely there is. And I don't really tend to call myself an artist, but, oh, I mean, technically I probably do fit that definition. But there real like you said there's a there's a special thing that happens whenever you're making a knife you make it from scratch whenever you're you're hammering that hot steel whenever you go you grind you're sweating in the shop like everything goes into making these knives and it's just a it it like you said it's a passion it's so it's something that's that's just a unique experience and a lot of people have found it uh, some people have even found it as therapy i think almost all of us can see it that way 
We're talking with Ethan Lee. He's vice president of the Louisiana Custom Knife Association. They're holding their annual show this Saturday from 9 to 5 in Lafayette. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Ethan, I want to find out a little bit more about you. I'm a little nosy here. Uh, Tell me where your passion comes from uh, with knives, with creating your own knives. When did you start this, and and what is it about it that really kind of speaks to you, so so to speak? So when I was about 11 years old, I went with my parents to... Silver Dollar City in Branson, Missouri. I'm, I'm originally from Missouri, and I saw the blacksmith demonstrate, and it blew my mind how he could heat up this steel, and for one, it would just change colors, but then two, it was just so movable. It was, oh, it just blew my mind, and so my dad used to work with a blacksmith and a guy that did blacksmithing on the side, and I kind of got, oh, got working with him a little bit, and then when I was about 14 or 15, I got, oh, working with another guy that made knives, and it just kind of blew up from there. So obviously you're passionate about this. You're part of the association. You guys pretty much just kind of organically came up with this idea to have the show. What was it like, though, launching a show like this, like you guys did three years ago during the middle of the pandemic when there were so many restrictions and so many limitations? Obviously there was a good crowd, but what was that like trying to put on a show during the pandemic like you guys did? Well, so the show actually wasn't started by the Louisiana Knife Association. It was actually started by a maker uh, by the name of Jason Tippy, who lives in Bro Bridge. And I, I really didn't know a couple of those guys as well at the time, but I went to the show, and it, it started in the back of uh, Rustic, Renegade, Rene, Rustic Renegade, a local gun shop. And, uh, and so that was the first year of the show it had a few tables you know it had to start somewhere and then last year we had it at a different location and this year we the association took it over and we have it at another location and it's it's over doubled in size from last year and during covid that was kind of how it happened we we didn't have a huge huge turnout and covid might have probably had something to do with that but uh but yeah it's been it's been growing ever since Let's turn our attention to this Saturday's show. It's the third show that you guys have put on. It's the Louisiana Custom Knife Show. Uh, tell the folks a little bit uh, about it, what they can expect. Look, if, if if they don't know anything about what you guys do, about handcrafted knives, about being a knifesmith, anything like that, and they walk in because they're just intrigued and they like to buy someone a, a Christmas gift or a birthday gift and give them a, a custom knife, what can they expect when they walk into the facility and see what you guys are doing on Saturday? Well, what somebody can expect walking in is there's going to be tables with knives everywhere. <laughs> and there's not only going to be knives, like I said, there's also going to be some knife handle uh, material suppliers. There's also going to be uh, the Louisiana Knife Association will also have a table there as well. So a lot of knives, not everybody forges knives or a lot of guys do stock removal which is not heating up the steel and shaping it with a hammer and anvil that's just taking a piece of steel and grinding it and also uh, we're also going to be having awards as well so we have multiple award categories best fixed blade best kitchen knife best folder best of show best bang for the buck which is a category we kind of came up with and then also best stock removal so there's going to be multiple awards we'll also have a a guy outside Rusted Hubcap Barbecue is going to be providing food outside. I, I imagine there will be quite a few people show up. We're really looking forward to it. 
Ethan, we'll wrap it up with this. Give people uh, where they can get more information, whether that's on Facebook, whether that's on a website. And once again, where they need to go come Saturday to check out the Louisiana Custom Knife Show put on by the Louisiana Custom Knife Association. So you can find more information at lacustomknives.net. That's lacustomknives.net. On the homepage, you'll you'll see information about it, flyers and such, and then there's also a dedicated tab to it. And also on the Facebook page, Louisiana Knife Show, and it will be located at 717 Duyon Road in, here in Lafayette, 9 to 5 this Saturday. Ethan, appreciate your time. Best of luck, and hope you have a great turnout come Saturday. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thanks for having me. That's Ethan Lee, Vice President of the Louisiana Custom Knife Association, joining us here on RP3 and Company. Once again, the Louisiana Custom Knife Show is this Saturday from 9 to 5 in Lafayette. Not a bad way to spend your afternoons gearing up before you go out for tailgating and going out to supporting the Louisiana Raging Cajuns taking on the Eastern Michigan Eagles. A friendly reminder, here in Louisiana, there are thousands of miles of utility lines and gas pipelines buried just beneath the surface. Sometimes multiple lines are in one area. So look, if you are a contractor that you've hired is digging a hole to put in that brand new fence, a pool, a gazebo, a garden, it really doesn't matter. It can be for any reason. You run the risk of hitting an underground line by digging only a few inches. What happens then? Maybe you only knock the power out for your entire neighborhood, but sometimes there is an explosion with injuries and even death. It happens every single year, and there's a very simple way to avoid it. Before you dig, call 811. Call 811 two days before you dig. Tell the operator your address, and someone's going to come out and mark the location of buried lines so you or your contractor can avoid them. It's simple. It's free of charge, and it's the law. Louisiana 811 operates 811 as a public service, and to promote public safety, Louisiana 811 and the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, reminds you, call 811 and know what's below before you dig. we got to take a time out here on RP3 and company, but when we return, it'll be time to talk McNeese Cowboys football with head coach Gary Goff. Giddy up with Gary Goff is next right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. <laughs> We're roping in McNeese head football coach Gary Goff here on RP3 and Company to talk cowboy football. It's time for Giddy Up with Gary Goff. The Menise Cowboys opened up their season last week up at Montana State and did so in good fashion. They hung tough with a team that played for the national championship just a season ago. This week, they'll look to get their first one of the season as they make the travel on I-10 westbound to Houston to take on the Rice Owls. Joining us now to talk all about it is the man in charge of the Menise Cowboys, head coach Gary Goff. Coach, good morning to you, brother. How are you? I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing great. So let's, uh, let's go back to last week. Obviously, disappointed that you didn't get the win, but it's the first game. You're on the road across the country and your team fought really hard and really got after it and hung tough for a whole half what are your you know your thoughts about the first game yeah you know I, I'd agree with you I mean they they, they battled um, you know I, I thought the team played hard for four quarters uh, we just didn't make you know some of the um, you know tough plays early on in the game and uh, Montana State did especially come out there in the third quarter but you know um I know there's no such thing as moral victories. I'm not saying that, but uh, there there are some good signs. Um, 
you know, a lot of the mistakes we made are, are correctable. And for whatever reason, first game of the year, or, or a lot of our guys' first time starting, you know, some of their, their simple assignments um, were uh, ignored or, or forgotten, whatever you want to call it. But we can fix those things. Um, you know, so, I, you know, a message to the team this week already has been, you know, look, just focus on doing your job to your best ability, play after play, and the score will take care of itself. But, um, you know, I, I'm proud of how they did go up there and, and fought for four quarters. Um, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, Montana State just played the national championship game. So, you know, it, we're, we're not that far off. I really believe that. Um, then that first half, we had three crucial drops. And uh, you can see on film, if we'd have caught two of those, they were touchdowns. And, um, you know, that, that could have made that a lot closer ball game. When you play a game like this against a quality opponent, it's a great time to do some self-evaluation and maybe something pops up on the film that you didn't see during practice, during the scrimmages. What was that, now that you've broken down the film, that you see that maybe your team needs to work on even more so and some things that you were really happy with that maybe surprised you? Well, happy with the effort. I mean, they, they did. I asked them to go up there and just play you know, as hard as they could for four quarters, and um, and they did. They did that part. They, they played really hard. Um, we, we got to be a little more disciplined and uh, not make some, you know, critical mistakes that we made. But um, so that was encouraging because you know we we've been here for seven months and and uh, it's been me applying the pressure and being the um, you know adversity for them. But you really don't know how a team's going to act until they line up and, and face another opponent and, and they start putting that that pressure and adversity on you. So uh, I am happy of, of how we played, how hard we played. You know, we we only had two penalties. Um, that was that was really really good to see, um, you know. So that that part was very encouraging. Um, the part I'm unhappy about is, you know, we didn't you know, do anything different uh, as far as a game plan that we've been doing for the last you know three four weeks, and we still made some simple mistakes. But um, you know, we, we showed the guys a film on Monday and talked about, you know, this is why you have to do just your job and not worry about doing everybody's job. Because um, the game of football it just takes one person to be lined up wrong or out of that gap, it's going to cost you some points. But um, you know, it's not the outcome we wanted. But um, you know, me and the staff are very, very encouraged. If the guys will continue to line up and play extremely hard, we've got a shot in every game we play. What'd you make of what your quarterback Knox Kadem was able to do in that game? He had some good things, he had some bad things, but overall, first start for you in your system at McNeese. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from what you saw from your starting signal caller? Yeah, you know, he, he was far from perfect, right? He had two crucial uh, turnovers, and, and one was just a great, great play by their outside linebacker. The other one was one hundred percent Knox, but. Uh, you know, I thought he had great, great poise. I mean, really handled the game. He, he was very calm on the on, on the field and on the sideline. He was very encouraging to his teammates. He was very positive, cheering for defense. I mean, I, I love the way he handled himself. Um, and, you know, he's, he's only a sophomore. He's, a, he's still a young guy. Uh, hadn't played a ton of college football. So I think with every rep he takes, he's going to continue to improve. And, you know, we, we put a lot on our quarterback's shoulders. We, we do. Um, you know, they, it's progression spread offense they there's a reason why they throw it to their first second third or fourth uh read and uh he'll only get better at doing those things but i was very against you know something else i was very encouraged by is is how he handled everything even when he made a, a critical error you know he came off the field with a great attitude and coach i i didn't see that and here's why but um you know, he, he was very very coachable and 
you know, I think Cam Ransom also brings something to the table. We're, we're going to continue to, to have some packages for him, and, and hopefully he can continue to develop as well. But I, I do still stick to you know, my words. I think both of them bring a different element to the game, and um, both of them are going to be needed. You mentioned in your presser earlier this week, Coach, about you know you need to have the opportunity to to execute a little bit more when you have those opportunities. From you know the average fan, they look at the game and they just maybe see it just based on stats, right? How many completions, turnover margin, everything like that. But from a coach and a man who's the offensive mind of the Cowboys, what are some of the things that you need your quarterback and your offense to do better? Well, move the chains. I mean, <laughs> pretty simple. Get first downs and score, right? But. Um... No, I mean we got to we, we got we to gotta, we gotta get some rhythm to us. You know, we, we um, it, it's a walk on thin ice a little bit, right? Because I, I like playing you know, really, really fast, keeping the pressure on our opponent. But at the same time, you know, if you're going three and out, you can't sit there and ask your defense to play 90 snaps a game. It just doesn't work that way. So, um, you know, when I'm, when I'm talking about executing, you know, we, we need to catch the simple hitch, not drop it. Or, or you know, run that route too deep when, it, when it's only supposed to be at five yards. You know, we we need to step and, and cut off the backside nose if we're running you know zone in one direction or not. Uh, our our routes are they've got alignment and depth for a reason. Um, if if one receiver cuts his route off too short or it's not on his landmark, it affects the other receiver's routes, which in return of you know affects the quarterback. So. Um, you know, we, we are focusing really hard on, hey, let's let's get first downs. You know, just keep the, the, the chains moving, be locked into the situation. It's second and long. we got to have positive yards to set ourselves up for a third and medium to third and short. Um, you know, so when I'm talking about we, we just got to execute better, it's the silly mistakes that, um, you know, sometimes, again, when you're playing an opponent, they put different pressure on you. You know, our guys, they can't run that route at seven yards it's got to be at five there's a reason behind that small things like that that they're very capable of doing what about the defense what was your biggest takeaways on what you saw now that you've broken down the film from the opener yeah you know um very similar to offense to be honest um you know when offense didn't play in you know, very well it's easy to see when, when defense didn't play in very well you know sometimes you, you the average fan doesn't notice well he was supposed to be in the a gap and he wasn't why you know, but um, same thing, you know, Coach Peck, uh, after grading the film, and you know, we meet every Sunday morning, he said, you know, Coach, for whatever reason, we didn't execute very well on defense either. And maybe some of these guys first start, but it blows my mind that they know this call. They all recited it to me, what they're supposed to do, but yet in the game they were chasing the quarterback. You know, so um, it, just like the offense, to be honest, um, you know, had some really good plays, played extremely hard. I love that. Uh, but we got to be assignment sound, and, and we weren't. You know, we're for you know, maybe it's because that quarterback's such a good athlete, and we were locked into, you know, stopping him. You know, sometimes we were chasing the quarterback when he didn't have the ball. But um, you know, I, I think defense has got a chance to be really, really good. I mean, we've got some great players over there with high energy, and they play so, so hard. But offense basically has to help them. Offense has got to get first downs and points from the board and get the defense off the field. They just played way too many snaps. We're talking with McNeese head football coach Gary Goff. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, coach, opener is in the rearview mirror. Up next, Rice out of the FBS. Lots of fans have already made their plans to make the short trip from Lake Charles over to Houston. Give me your early thoughts of what kind of challenges Rice presents you on both sides of the football. Yeah, I mean, I think on both sides it's going to be the O-line and the D-line. I mean, they're big, big, big and physical and strong. Their um, entire defense uh, from a year ago is, is 
returning. I think you know five of them were um, you, you know uh, on some type of all, all freshman team or second all conference team or first all conference team. So you know I think defensively they're really talented. They really are. They play hard. They're physical. Um, when you break them down, even from you know, last season, you see that you know they were in the games with the Houston's, the Western Kentuckys, and and some of the you know better teams in their conference, uh, you know, for two or three quarters, and then it's kind of like they they couldn't you know, keep up with them as far as scoring points. Uh, you know, so defensively, you know, they're they're pretty sound and uh, and very physical. So we got our hands full offense, and then uh, them offensively. Um, you know, they, they, they ran the ball against USC very effectively. I, I think their running back had six carries for 99 yards. Um, and, and then, you know, for whatever reason, they, they started throwing the ball, and that's where they kind of got in a little bit of trouble. So uh, we expect that they're going to apply a lot of pressure on us offensively. And uh, on, on, um, on their offense, we, we expect that they're going to try to run the ball against our defense. So, um, you know, we've we, uh, been working all week at those two areas, you know, uh, you know, uh, handling a lot of pressure on our offense and moving the chains and then stopping the run on defense. Well, Coach, I know the fan base is excited about making the trip. Keep hearing about maybe two to 3,000 folks are going to get in the caravan and head on over to Houston to cheer you guys on wow. to a victory. Uh, best wow. of luck, and thank you so much for your time, brother, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, you bet. Go, folks. Tune in next Thursday for Giddy Up with Gary Goff here on RP3 and Company. Speaking of Houston, time is running out for you to score tickets to see the Houston Astros live in person. Simply go register in the Game Rewards Club today. That way you'll have the opportunity to score yourself four tickets to see the Houston Astros take on the Tampa Bay Rays Saturday, October the 1st. We'll even throw in a tour of the ballpark, hotel accommodations that Saturday night. That's a great deal. You would be crazy not to take advantage of this. Look, and time is also running out because this is the final, the last Houston Astros weekend giveaway of the regular season. So if you want to score tickets to see the Strohs live in person, here's your chance, your last chance. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Low Meridian Houston Downtown, and The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. we got to take our final timeout of today's show. When we return, we'll finalize the poll question of the day and get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. That's all coming up next here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the Houston Astros and LSU Tigers. Football season has arrived in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to crown you the tailgating king with the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber. This contest, by the way, runs out tomorrow. So time is literally running out for you to be crowned the tailgating king. Of course, our ultimate tailgate giveaway is powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin's Outdoors, and the game. You can score yourself... $500 to Chops Specialty Meats, a brand new grill with accessories, a cooler, a set of chairs, a $500 Visa gift card, tickets to LSU and Louisiana Raging Cajun football games, and so much more. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's the ultimate tailgate giveaway powered by St. Landry Lumber, Austin Outdoors, and the game. Time is running out, though. That will expire tomorrow. I want to take a moment to thank our guests for making this Thursday edition of RP3 and Company phenomenal. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, weekend sports bets for college and pros. Les East from CrescentCitySports.com talking all things Saints. Don't forget about head coach Gary Goff as well. 
the McNeese head football coach, and Ethan Lee from the Louisiana Custom Knife Association. Poll question of the day, though. We need to get to give you the final results and some final comments. We asked you, who do you got in tonight's NFL opener between the Bills and the Rams? That'll be in Los Angeles. You can hear that game live right here on the game, courtesy of our friends at Westwood One. Jamie Green says, Bill Stafford led the league in interceptions is coming off elbow surgery. I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. Randy Russell says, Bill's in what should be a laugher. I'll be asleep by the second half, though. Too late for a work night. <laughs> I know the feeling. Blaine Smith says, Bill's by 10. Gabriel Davis going to have a big season and it starts tonight. Someone drafted Gabriel Davis in their fantasy football league. David Ackman Jr. says, Bill's. Robert Duplichan says, Bill's. And Brian Guidry says, Bill's. Bills, 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 Bills. Wasn't that a Destiny's Child song back in the day? I feel like I'm right on that. I'm also dating myself considerably. Final results, though, on the poll question of the day. 70, hold on. Oh, we got some updates here. 76% of you say the Buffalo Bills will win. 24% say the Los Angeles Rams. Thanks to all who voted on the poll question of the day, left your comments, left your gifts, left your memes, and everything else. So thank you to all who voted on that. We appreciate you. Once again, another reminder, Astros are off tonight. We'll have NFL season opener tonight, Bills-Rams right here on the game. But on sister stations... Mustang 107.1 and News Talk 98.5 FM 1520 AM. We're going to have high school football. Overall Mustang, which of course is the home of the Southside Sharks. Southside's looking for win number one. They're going to be taking on the Cecilia Bulldogs. Pre-game 645, kickoff 7. Over on News Talk 98.5 FM will be the St. Landry Parish game of the week. The Port Berry Red Devils, who got a win in week one due to a forfeit because Livonia can't stop rumbling inside their hallways. They're going to be taking on the Beauchan Gators at Beauchan. I'll be on the call for that with my broadcast partner, Chad Jones. Pre-game begins at 645 and kickoff set for 7 o'clock. Hey, and you can also... Make sure to download each station's free mobile apps for Android and Apple devices. That way you can listen to the games no matter where you're at, whether you're in your car or not. So make sure to do that. So much going on. We got a great show lined up for you tomorrow. James Yasko from the Lima Time Time Podcast will join us talking all things Astros as they begin a series against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim County slash San Diego Credit Union Poinsettable. We'll have the voice of the LSU Tigers. Just confirmed. Chris Blair joining us to help us preview LSU and Southern. Zach Miller will be here for fantasy football talk. Great matchups for the weekend. And then TJ Jones from the State of the Saints podcast will join us for the Big Easy Blitz. That's how we're going to get you geared up for the weekend. And we'll make our picks Saints, Tigers, Cajuns, Cowboys, Five names, and I will unveil those tomorrow as well. And the Game Changer of the Week phone call. But for the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah, five names, I'm Raymond Parch the third. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. We'll try to be better. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and footnotes 
on a hopefully glorious Thursday morning, probably won't be, is up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and you're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros.